0: Hello and welcome to the British Chamber of Commerce, Singapore's podcast channel. With over 15,000 downloads since launch, we are excited to bring you Season 4 featuring in-depth content on business, global affairs and news across Singapore, ASEAN and the United Kingdom. We've had some extraordinary guests on our channel, including W Series driver Abby Eaton,
1: I have got thoughts of the future now, um, you know, I'd love to, to try and kind of mentor some of the younger drivers, you know.
0: Renowned UK international education champion, Professor Sir Steve Smith. Over about a four year period, we kept increasing the resources going into mental health provision. Chief Executive and Director of the London Design Museum. Tim Marlowe. The way we design is actually thinking about the needs of, of everyone. And CEO of the industry cluster group at JTC, Alvin Tan. If you look at PDD, we
2: are creating an ecosystem of companies, government and and
0: industry associations with the results Thank you, as always, for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy this podcast.
3: Naomi Vowles is the co founder and director of GiveAble. Giveable is a platform that captures and tracks the sustainability, profile of suppliers and empowers companies with the tools and data to take action and improve performance. Prior to this, uh, Naomi worked in risk and strategy for a Swiss private bank, um, but started a career as a diplomat um, and spent a lot of time in Delhi, Bangkok and Geneva as well. I personally love her tagline. So very curious to hear her speech. She says, gender equity, we don't want a seat at your table. Naomi, please join me on stage.
1: Hi. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm very excited to sa- share some of my perspectives on gender equity and the, top, the um, hashtag topic today, Embrace Equity. Um, I see gender equity from three key perspectives. And the first is as an enabler. And that's through my business, Giveable. What we do is we help organizations understand the sustainability profile of their suppliers, we provide tools to take action and improve performance, and we offer a platform to discover the largest pool of verified sustainable suppliers. The second way that I view gender equity is as a receiver. So as a female-founded, owned, and led company, we have significantly benefit from female-focused programs like... Uh, Accelerated programs and grant funding and then the third way that um, That I view gender equity is as an actor I'm a volunteer for an organization named daughters of tomorrow Which is an organization that supports women from low-income families To find gainful and long-term employment. It is an absolutely amazing organization and program and I encourage you to um, read up a bit about them later Now tying in sustainability, the first thing and the most important thing to understand is that sustainability is more than the environment. It covers social impact, governance, community, ethical considerations, and of course, diversity, equity and inclusion. And a unique thing about diversity and equity is that it is a sustainability issue in its own right but it is also critical to achieving other sustainability issues. And this is none more um, better demonstrated through the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, where, of course, gender equality is one of the 17 goals, but it also supports other goals through gender-specific indicators on topics like diverse... I shouldn't know this... um, uh, ..sustainable cities, Um, quality education um, and diverse workplaces. We will absolutely not, and Christine mentioned this before, we will absolutely not achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by 2030, which is the target, unless we address gender inequality. Gender equity and equality is absolutely fundamental to sustainability. Now, looking at sustainability from Giveable's point of view, we are starting to see a shift in how companies approach this. Traditionally, it has been an inward-looking uh, issue, where obviously companies have the greatest ability to exert control. But there is now a clear recognition and understanding that companies cannot make statements on sustainability without considering their suppliers and their supply chain. We're moving towards a value chain-based approach to sustainability. And this is actually quite a recent change, and it wasn't really until companies um, were required or or voluntarily starting to calculate their scope three emissions, which are also called um, or known as uh, supply chain emissions. Supply chain emissions can cover up to 80 to 90% of total emissions, and so, When companies realised this, they also came to the realisation that there is an absolutely critical link between sustainability and the value chain or the supply chain. And it's actually, when you step back and think about it, it's quite obvious. Because looking at procurement costs cover up to 75% of a company's total costs, or another way of looking at that is about 65% of revenues how and with whom you spend your money has the potential to make significant impact on your company's sustainability performance. Because of this, we are also starting to see companies look at their suppliers and assess their suppliers based on the diversity attributes and also how they support diverse and inclusive workplaces. This is the same sort of process that businesses look at their suppliers or put their suppliers through when they're assessing financial risk, operational risk or compliance risk. And now it is starting from the beginning of onboarding, so during an RFP process, right through to contract renewal or contract offboarding. And what it's been driven by is regulators, investors, employees and customers that want to, not even want to know, they are demanding to know and get transparency on a company's operations. Furthermore, what is keeping companies to account in this space is publicly announced targets. So an example here is Procter & Gamble that has set a $5 billion annual target to spend with diverse and women-owned businesses. What's also being driven here is the requirement to capture, track, and report on this data. What we're seeing in the shift uh, of um, the mindset of sustainability towards a value chain based approach is also looking at sustainability and diversity as a business issue. It's moving from a women and HR issue, generally um, how it's seen in the workplace, into a business issue. And we're seeing this happen more. We need to see it even more and we need to see it happen faster. So now that we're seeing gender equity um, acknowledged as a business issue, what we're also starting to see are the programs, the initiatives and the networks that support gender diversity. So, as a female- founded company, we have benefited from um, female-focused programs like accelerated programs and grants, and what they do is they have recognised the particular challenges that women face in a startup world. And here funding is a huge problem. Last year only 1.9% of venture capital funding went to female-led businesses. 1.9%. That is that's embarrassing and it's disappointing and it's it's all the things. <laughs> but what we are also seeing is in this space is to support women here. We are seeing incubators that are supporting only women. We're seeing VCs that now have mandates just to fund female led startups. And we're also seeing government uh, grants that support and boost female founders. What I think is absolutely crucial in this space is that these programs recognize the challenges that women face. What we have been through in terms of these programs and initiatives, we haven't been forced to lean in, and we haven't been trained to negotiate harder or be more aggressive. What's been recognised in these programs is that for women to have a seat at the table, the table needs to change. And when we talk about gender equity, this is what it's about. It's recognising that not just gender, people have differences. They have different needs, they have different priorities, and they have different roles in societies. And so, what we need to do is we need to create the programs and the initiatives and the support that recognize these differences. Not that change these differences, but recognize these differences. Now, as a female um, founded startup, I'm not quite sure what we have missed out on by virtue of being female. And to be honest, we we probably will never know. But what I do know is that without the programs and the um, gender equity programs that we have benefited from, we wouldn't be where we are today. So if there's one thing that um, I would like you to take away from what I've said today, it's this. Firstly, let's start thinking about gender equity as a business issue. Secondly, let's start to ask questions of our companies about what they're doing to drive diversity and equity through the entire value chain, not just within your company and not just within HR, but um, through the entire value chain. And when you next purchase something for your business, whether it's catering, concrete, or your next work trip, think about where you're buying from Think about who you're buying from. Everyday purchasing decisions can have impact. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much, Naomi. Really, really wonderful speech and a true testament that we've got lots of work to do to ensure that indeed we have an inclusive workplace uh, and in all the processes that we, that we have, including the purchasing power that Naomi was sharing. And that brings me to another statistic um, that was published by the World Economic Forum as well around women in STEM and then particularly AI that only... 35, max 35% in AI is represented by women and therefore AI has terrible bias as well and I'm sure you've heard the story of the tech firm that started to apply AI for first screening of candidates and they thought they had this wonderful algorithm until they realized that the algorithm was declining all female applicants. So, there's lots of work to do in that space. And therefore, I'm also very pleased to announce our third and final speaker, David Jacob, or DJ, as we fondly call him, who has recently been appointed as the CEO for Marsh McLennan in Asia. Um, And prior to this, he was the CEO of Marsh for a whopping 33 years. He doesn't look like it. Uh, And he's going to share stories on embracing equity through experiences and very purposeful and actionable initiatives. So please DJ, join me on stage. Thank you.
2: Good afternoon everyone. Um, I'm gonna share my experiences that I've had 33 years not as a CEO, um, but 33 years in terms of working for Marshall McLennan. Um, And this whole theme of embracing equity is one that really resonates with me because I've obviously had personal experience around that and I truly believe we will not be able to um, achieve gender equality without gender equity. I have been super, super lucky to have been surrounded by incredible women my whole life. You know, from my mother Rose. To my incredible female bosses at the start of my career, Susan Hecken, Yuanka Lee, and my incredible wife, Amanda. Um, you know, women who have nurtured, guided, inspired, listened, and have taken chances on me. Um, and, you know, I'm the beneficiary of their love, care, empathy, and compassion. And that has made me the person and the leader that I am today, those values I hold so dear in terms of my, my leadership style. Um, and as I, look at, as I look inward into the, the industry that I belong to, which is the risk and insurance industry, you know, we have made some progress. You know We can easily sit here and uh, focus too much on the past or focus too much on maybe those before us that may not have done things quickly or faster. But I prefer to learn from the past, share my experiences, and be purposeful in the decisions that I make as a leader in order to solve for the issues of of inequality. Um, Inga Beale was the first CEO of Lloyds, and she credits having incredible female role models as super crucial to the success of her career. And if I think back to my 33 years of working with Marsh McLennan, um, the first 15 years, or what what I would call the formative years of my career, were under the guidance of women leaders. Um, And through these leaders, I was able to learn the values of being open, being compassionate, practicing empathy, um, vulnerability and really thinking about how to raise people that you work with. Um, And and through that, through the beginning of my career, you know, I'm an Asian, half Filipino like Christine and and, and Naomi. I didn't have those opportunities, right, because back then in the early 90s, it was very hard as a minority to really get true equality and equity um, in the workplace. But they took a chance on me. Maybe that was luck. Hopefully I had had something to do with that as well. But sustainability can't be about luck, right? Sustainability has to be about informed, detailed, actionable items that we all are committed to in making sure that um, equity is present um, in the workplace. Now don't get me wrong, the balance of my career have been with male leaders, you know, who have also taught me the values of accountability, being resilient, and taking risk. And so, again, I have benefited from both incredible females and incredible male leadership. And and, and the point that I want to get at is, there has to be systemic changes in order for us to create um, an inclusive and sustainable culture. For both men and women to be able to learn, inspire, and thrive Together, And and foundational to this change, or this culture change, um, is the mindset change. And that has to be pervasive throughout all levels of an organization. Because without this mindset change, then it becomes a metric-driven exercise. And we all know that a metric-driven exercise without mindset change is not sustainable. So if I look at the Asia region that I look after, um, you know, 12 countries for Marshall McLennan, 12 countries with different languages, different cultures, you've got the matriarchal, patriarchal societies, and and five generations coming together in a workplace. So think about how complex that is. Um, And as we think about embracing equity, right, it's not about putting on an event, or putting on an activity. It's about continuous and constant dialogue with all colleagues, right, to really understand the issues that they're facing, the inequality issues that they're facing. And so what we've done over the last couple of years is we've had this frequent panel, panel discussions. And the difference with our panel discussion is our our colleagues are are the panelists. Right? So you've got colleagues from all walks of life, different backgrounds, um, different religious and ethnic or orientations, gender identities, and different seniority levels basically coming together to be able to share their experiences in the workplace. Understanding and calling out the things that are working and more importantly, the areas of inequality that exist in the business. And our job as employers is to make sure that they have a safe space to be able to speak up without ramification around their experiences and putting the accountability back to the leaders to make sure that we have plans in place to be able to measure and document what we're going to be doing differently um, going forward and that is powerful and that is the catalyst for change that will hopefully drive that sort of mindset um, behavior. One other thing that is crucial and was mentioned earlier today is the whole concept of the flexibility in the workplace. Prior to 2019 or prior to COVID, we did not have any flexibility at Marsh McLennan, at least for us, at least for Marsh, I'm speaking in Asia. Um, And it was because of the pandemic, you know, that we decided to take to take chances and do some some things completely differently. And we move to a complete flex model at Marsh. You have the choice, you are empowered. Of course, there's accountability, we still need to deliver results, but you choose. And this has really allowed our women professionals to be able to integrate their lives better into the workplace. And because of that women professionals that left us because we were so rigid in terms of the ways that we were working have now decided to come back into the workplace. And that has improved our overall attrition in our sort of um, um, female professionals at higher grades. But not only that, the sustainability of our performance because of more women leaders coming back has been incredible. We've had our record four years of performance because of more women professionals um, coming back into the organization. Now, of course, metrics is key, right? And we continue to monitor the progress of our inclusion and diversity components. Um, But this time, I feel that there is more inertia in the business because the, the whole concept of inequality is now being addressed. And I'm hoping, you know, in a couple of years' time, we won't need the metrics. Because we've now been able to bring about a fundamental shift in the way our colleagues are thinking about diversity and more importantly about um, inequality. So I guess my my key takeaway is in the minute that I have left is just to, again, coming back to both Christine and and, and Naomi's view, is just be the voice. This is such um, an amazing room to be a part of and speaking uh, in front of you, but be the voice and be the catalyst of change. I know all of you are already, but get involved in the details, right? Because it's all about the details. And if you're not engaged in those committees or if you're not engaged in those panels or if you're not engaged in discussions, then your voices are lost, right? Then it becomes a metric-driven exercise at the end of the day. Um, And for my male colleagues in this room, hopefully, Many of you have been touched like I have in terms of working with female professionals. Be at the forefront of that change. It's crucial that you are leading from the front. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of the British Chamber of Commerce Singapore's podcast channel. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe and why not leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple, Google and the other podcast platforms. For more information about the Chamber, please visit our website at www.britcham.org.sg and tune in next time for a brand new episode.